Hello, and welcome to the Leaders in Learning podcast by Blue Consulting and Resourcing, the place to get up-to-the-minute information for cutting-edge learning design. Joanne, I think what we're going to talk about today is this whole idea of hybrid work. We're seeing that a lot, aren't we? And a lot of podcasts, a lot of stuff on the web, a lot of blogs are talking about hybrid work. What does that mean to you? Well, I think the new norm, the future really has arrived. There's no going back. I mean, training budgets are gone and we have to expand access to content. And this idea of hybrid work is bleeding over into hybrid training. And hybrid really is two different forms together. So if you're working from home and some folks are in the office, that's a form of hybrid. For training, hybrid really sort of bleeds across into I could be teaching a workshop in a classroom under a normal situation, and I might have two or three people joining that workshop virtually. And in the past, those folks have been second class citizens. Um, it's harder to engage. Um, they might be there on an iPad. Uh, I've even had a, a robotic version of them show up in class um, with their face on an iPad. I mean, they've all sorts of things. But the workshop was never designed to include those elements. And we have to expand and distinguish what we mean by hybrid going forward because our virtual learners just don't see training the way they used to. Who would have imagined us to be having this conversation a year ago? Well, that's right, because a year ago, what we were all absolutely focused on was the fact that we couldn't deliver in-classroom learning, so we had to quickly migrate to virtual. So it was going from one model to another model. But now we're talking about a, a blend of, of the two models, aren't we? Uh, yeah, and, and we I think maybe going back a year, if we're honest, I think many of us saw virtual learning as a, a short-term stopgap, something that we would do in the meantime until we could resume normal service almost. Yes. Hybrid really means some of us will be back in the office and some of us won't. And in the case of learning, we may have to deal with that mix of learners in a different way. We can't consider virtual training or virtual learning a stopgap anymore. No. And of course, the education system has been doing this blended learning or, or trying to apply this blended learning model, haven't they? And my, my own sister is a, a teacher and she was chatting the other day and she talked to me about, what did she describe it as? Rumours and Zoomers together in the same class, which I thought was a great phrase, but it kind of sums up the, the problem or the challenge, doesn't it? Having Zoomers and Rumours in the same learning population. So one of the problems is that when we're talking in the classroom, we're not sure how to loop in uh, those in Zoom. And so all of a sudden, class stops. So what do the folks in Zoom think? And it's very awkward. And you're caught off guard and you weren't sort of any verbal clues that it was coming up. Um, and, you know, your mouth might be full. And it, it just, it's awkward on so many levels. But we have an opportunity now, I think, to plan uh, for engagement. 
it's almost back to the same problem we had when people tried to quickly transition from the classroom to virtual. A lot of the time, people just effectively put it on Zoom. They did the same workshop, maybe with a bit more effort on engagement, but in reality, the workshop wasn't specifically designed for Zoom, and they did their best to deliver it via Zoom. And of course, to varying degrees, it was successful or maybe not so successful. But I think what we've got to learn here is that if we're going to have this mix, as I say, of Zoomers and Roomers, it's got to be very specifically designed to be for a blended audience, for a mixed audience. It cannot be the facilitator trying to facilitate a classroom and hoping the Zoomers can keep up and be as engaged because they won't. It's a very deliberate design of a hybrid model that's going to make the difference, isn't it? Absolutely, because I think people are a bit wary of virtual learning and uh, there was a lot of bad training that was out there during the COVID uh, period. Um, those talking heads, um, any questions, any questions sort of rang out there across the airways all the time without um, good engagement. And I think we have to be more strategic as we think of what this hybrid training model is going to look like and and what excellence in that arena really is going to be. And, and it's really going to put instructional designers in, in, not in a difficult place, but it's going to be a challenge, isn't it? Because instructional designers are going to have to think differently about how they design learning. It's neither classroom nor remote virtual it's a combination of both that, that that's going to be difficult for instructional designers do you think do you think the majority of instructional designers are going to be able to make that transition if you like to this new kind of model some will some won't it's like vendors a lot of training companies did manage to adapt quickly um and some just said our workshops aren't available virtually and they didn't deliver them for a whole year because they didn't know um, how to adapt their materials. It was absolutely shocking to me that large companies that deliver fantastic in-classroom uh, training, they just didn't offer a virtual version of it. They didn't know how to pivot. I think some instructional designers will be caught flat-footed. They just won't quite know how to pivot. They won't respond as quickly. There is plenty of theory out there that would um, advise and make recommendations, but it's a new muscle that they're going to have to learn to flex and there'll be a little bit of growing pains, I think. And now is the time for instructional designers to be thinking like this because there's no avoiding it. This is the kind of model that we're going to, to see emerge to reflect the workplace, that the workplace having a proportion of people maybe in the office and a proportion not in the office. That'll be our learning population going forward. Uh, but 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 it's not just the instruction designers, is it? It's not going to be easy for the facilitators. I mean, that's that's something of a challenge to be in a position where you're facilitating to people experiencing the learning through different uh, different modes that's going to be a, a real challenge do you, do you think there's a risk that it will be almost too challenging to do well and do you think we'll see a big swing 
away from synchronous instructor-led, virtual instructor-led training? Do you think we'll see a big swing back to e-learning as, as, as an option when you've got this hybrid audience? Um, I think facilitators, uh, they have a, a space where they're successful. And if we're pushing them into new areas, um, we can train them to do it, and they're perfectly capable of doing it. But whether they find as much satisfaction and enjoyment doing it is a completely different thing. Um, I think I mentioned in the last podcast, I've been doing a lot of observations lately. And some of those facilitators uh, do a fabulous job in the virtual environment. They really just, they can talk to the camera and uh, connect with the learners and they're thinking about different ways to engage. And other folks, wow, they don't want to look at the camera. They're looking off to the side all the time and um, they just want to talk. Let me get the content out and be done. And they've essentially reduced their virtual learning environment to a talking head. And we remember how awful those talking head videos were from, you know, e-learning 20 years ago. We certainly don't want facilitators to slide back into that space. But there is an energy in the room. And I really like standing up in front of a classroom and teaching. I, I like seeing the lights go on in people's eyes as they connect to the content. It's a little different for virtual, don't you think? I, I think it's very different. And I think we've come from one extreme to the other extreme. And, and what we're going to have to do is almost come back a little bit, but getting that balance right is going to be the challenge. And, and I think we're going to have to be very thoughtful about this, really thoughtful to get it right, because it's going to last. It's going to be the reality that we're in for, for some period of time. So instructional designers are going to have to be very deliberately designing hybrid work, learning. And I think uh, facilitators are going to have to become very adept at facilitating a partially present group and a partially not physically present group. And, and I think the real key will be truly making it hybrid. For example, when we have an activity, a learning activity, the easy answer will be to have those in the classroom get together in two groups and those in Zoom go into two breakouts in Zoom. I'm going to say the ideal hybrid will be not doing it that way, but to have each group partially in the room and connected through a Zoom uh, virtual uh, breakout room. So you'll be truly hybrid. I mean, that's not the only thing, but that's just an example of how we've really got to mix the two models successfully and truly create hybrid. Not something that swings between classroom and virtual, but something that is a true blend. And that's not been done before. So I think what we can do, Joanne, in the next few weeks is cover these kind of topics from the instructional designer's perspective and also from the facilitator's perspective because there's a whole new way of thinking i think about instructional design and facilitation it's going to be interesting it is indeed there's so many opportunities for us to rethink and revisit and improve those virtual learners distributed um, across multiple sites uh, really were disadvantaged with having to come to a central location for training 
And I don't think that they're willing to accept um, just going back to the way things were. There really is a new normal for many of those companies um, and training has got to flex and has to become a true hybrid. Uh, think about what that does for you in the classroom to have your breakout groups be some folks in the class and some folks remote. It changes that dynamic, it levels the playing field and you no longer have a disadvantaged virtual group as a subgroup in that classroom. I think it's really powerful and we have to think about equity in the classroom. Um, and virtual folks can't be considered second-class citizens anymore. That's absolutely the key idea. Hybrid learning like this will not be beneficial, prioritize any one group. It will be to the collective good. So it's going to be a challenge. So over the next few weeks, let, let's explore some of those ideas. As you said, there's a lot of stuff out there. But as always, there's a lot of stuff. Some of it's good. Some of it ain't necessarily so good. Let's talk through that, Joanne. Yes. Thanks so much, Graham. Folks, you've been listening to the Leaders in Learning Design podcast by Blue Consulting and Resourcing, a regular podcast for cutting-edge learning design. 